We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, here we go. Let's start this thing up. Salute to Knicks Nation. Monday night, Nick CP from Knicks Fan TV here. We're going to talk a little bit of Nick's news on today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about Brock Aller and why he chose the Knicks. Talk a little bit about Tom Thibodeau as well. Uh, we got some NBA updates and we're going to announce two more big guests coming up on the show uh, this weekend next. So stay tuned for that announcement as well. So let's get right into it. CP Solo Dolo salutes everybody out there watching. Hope you guys are safe out there, man. I hope you guys uh, had a good Mother's Day as well. Um, salute to everybody in the chat watching as well. Um, quick NBA updates. Let's get into these quick NBA updates. Well, it sounds like, um, you know, they're trying to get this thing on the road. They're trying to get the league started up in um, cities where the facilities have been, um, in, in cities that have been reopening or gradually getting those reopening uh, in, into into play, um, they're going to allow teams to open their practice facilities and, and allow players to start coming back in. So clearly the intention of the league is to uh, allow um, these players to come back and clearly they're, they're trying to get, they're trying to get the league back up and running. They're trying to finish the regular season, trying to get to the playoffs and and salvage this season. I think it's a terrible idea. I don't think I don't think it's going to work. You know, obviously what they're looking to do is they look they're going to go with no fans and they're going to look at um some isolated sites where the players can be, you know, quarantined and isolated from the general public and so that they can resume the season. We've heard Disney World, we've heard Las Vegas. I just think it's a terrible idea. Uh, you know, you're hearing a lot of owners have come out and said, yeah, they're going to look to play the season. But there's also been some naysayers that don't think it's a very good idea. You heard Shaq come out and say that it's going to water down the championship, which I most certainly think it would. At the same time, 
at some point, we're going to have to get used to seeing this game being played without fans because it does not seem like we're going to get close to any type of resolution or or 100% normalcy anytime soon. So even between this year and next season, you're going to have to get used to these games being played without fans. So that's going to be a very interesting uh, dynamic especially when the league has been looking to figure out how to boost the ratings, you know, playing these games without fans, they've got to make sure that the entertainment value is is still top-notch. But from a player standpoint, I I can't even see some of these players, um, you know, having the mindset to really give it a go, especially when... You know, it's 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 a playoff type atmosphere. I, I don't see it. So let's see at the at the next juncture. Um, the Knicks have announced that they're going to be refunding season ticket holders uh, for the rest of the home games this season. So clearly Madison Square Garden is not going to be used as a site to play any Knicks home games. So um, the, the Knicks have, have formally emailed their season ticket holders or um, the, the people who have bought tickets for the remaining home games to let them know their options in terms of uh, uh, refunds or rolling it over into the next season. So let's see what happens. Okay, next up, Brock Aller, Leon Rose's first hire. There was a article that came out in um, Cleveland.com. This is from Chris Fedor. Came out with an article on Brock Aller and uh, namely why he chose the Knicks. And it gave a bit of background on his role with the Cavs. He was with the Cavs for about 15 years. Pretty much the right-hand man for for, uh, Dan Gilbert. And it said that when he was making his decision... He did his thorough research. He he went to Kobe Altman, who was the GM of the Cavs. He went to um, all his friends within the industry to do some some due diligence on the Knicks. And from what the article saying, the feedback was mixed. It was ranged anywhere from the Knicks being viewed as a hopeless dumpster fire with rotten ownership to dysfunctional mess that can be cleaned up with the right people. But even as the information poured in, Aller kept going back to one thing: it's New York. It's the Knicks. Hey, so, you know, the allure of turning this thing around is still appealing to some people. Clearly. And, and clearly to, to Brock Aller. So, uh, from the article, it says this is the chance to be at the center of a historic turnaround. Uh, you know, obviously, 20 years of losing. We all, we all know that. We all know that. His new title is Vice President of Basketball and Strategic Planning. Vice President of Basketball and for Strategic Planning. Now we all know that from what uh, from what we hear is that he's a renowned capologist. His role with the Cavs prior to coming here was he was responsible for assisting with roster management, contract and free agency negotiations, long term operational planning, and application of the collective bargaining agreement in roster development. That's the most important piece to be. Because we don't know what the salary cap is going to be. There's a ton of salary cap implications riding on whether or not the season gets played out. A ton of money at stake. Some of you guys in the chat just said it. Unfortunately, it's it's all about the dollars and cents here. And with Brock Aller, he is going to be relied upon to navigate this this collective bargaining agreement. To navigate the salary cap and the restrictions to get every ounce of it. So that it allow Leon Rose and the future GM to be flexible in terms of how they compose this roster. 
So from Leon Rose's standpoint, um, listen, you gotta like you gotta like the hire. You you have to like the thought that Leon Rose is trying to go out there, build his team, get the best and brightest minds, and get some diverse opinions in here to try to turn this thing around. So we don't know what what he's gonna do yet. We we don't know. He hasn't you know made any moves yet. But so far, I like this idea of just bringing a fresh mind in here. You know, fresh mind in here. Now, with all these uh, duties that he served with the Cavs, don't be surprised if this is your GM in waiting. I mean, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be you know um, done between now and then. We don't know the status of Scott Perry past uh, this one year that, that that he has on this deal, but this could be a trial period for Perry. How he navigates the front office and introduces. Uh, uh, Leon Rose in, into building his front office, and this could be uh, the future role for Brock Oler. You never know. You, you just never know because, um, you know, with the reputation that he's coming in here with, it just seems like he, he's being groomed for a much larger role. But right now, he is the vice president of uh, strategic planning, vice president of basketball and strategic planning. So, that's Miguel in chat says, sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds good to me so far. We'll see. Let's just see how this thing um, plays out. All right. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Remember, at the end of this video, I'm going to announce the two guests. We got two big guests coming up, one this week, one next week. Going to be announcing those uh, at the end of tonight's show. Phone lines are also up, 657-383-1509. Call in if you want to talk about anything, Aller, Tibbs, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, the phone lines are definitely available to you. Okay, on to Tibbs now. Um, You know, Tibbs is doing his 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 PR tour right now. Tibbs is doing his PR tour to basically reclaim his name, you know, his reputation right now around the league does not appear to be good. You know, there's knocks on Tibbs in terms of running guys into the ground, how he plays his starters too many minutes. Does he not play his young guys enough? Is his offense uh, current enough? Is it is his offense enough to keep up with today's NBA? So Tibbs is definitely... Uh, what you're noticing, he was on ESPN uh, to talk about, um, you know, they, they, they asked him about uh, the, the Knicks availability, the Nets and the Rockets. Supposedly, those are the three teams that he's after. He kept, a uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty even keel stance on the whole thing, just saying it's a wait and see situation. Right now, there's no openings available where those teams are concerned. So he's not going to jump the gun and obviously kick those those current coaches under the bus. Um but the other thing is, again, the questions are, um, are rising in terms of can he adapt? Can he adapt? And um, listen, he, he, he said that he went on ESPN to claim his name. He said the big thing is that there's things that are being said where there's no validity to it. They're being painted by people that have never been around you. And I would say to all these people, the facts are the facts. Look into the facts, do your research, look at the numbers, also talk to former players and the guys that have played for me. If you did that, you would find what the truth is. So he's saying, hey, the truth is in the numbers. And what we know about the numbers is winning percentage, winning percentage with the Bulls, 647. 
Can't deny that. You know, you look at some of the talent that he had there. Derrick Rose, okay, the talent spoke for itself, but how about Jimmy Butler's rise? Taj Gibson's rise? You know, Joe Kim Noah, yes, he was very solid coming out of college, but, you know, he was he turned out to be the, the glue guy for that team. Kirk Heinrich, you know, all these guys that, that kind of scrapped together for this Bulls team, the, the proof was certainly in the pudding there. On the flip side, obviously the Minnesota situation was um, questionable. At best, they did make the playoffs in, in his first season, um, but things kind of went south there, and, and I believe he finished with like a 450-something winning percentage there in in Minnesota. So, again, we don't know. It, it's hard to really put into you know context like what really happened in Minnesota, but you have two sides here. You have two sides, and, and the question is, can Tibbs turn his reputation around and and is he the answer to the Knicks coaching search from what we're hearing from when we heard from uh Berman Begley Macri you name it Tibbs is the is the 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 top candidate for this job Tibbs is the top candidate for this job um back in February this was this was Taj's quotes on Tibbs basically saying he's misunderstood a lot of players have different mindset his mindset is winning to win games, to go through a lot of the hard work. Sometimes the players don't understand it. Um, there's misperception. He wanted to win. He's just trying to make guys better. Some people take it as being hard. He's going to push you. He always wants the best out of you. Yada yada yada. So, I you know I think I I think the knocks on Tibbs, I think they're fixable. You know I I think they're fixable. He has to. Uh, uh, you know, be able to learn from his from his previous failures, or else he's gonna be out of here pretty fast. And we know Dolan. Dolan doesn't care how much money he pays you. If it's not working out here, he's gonna get rid of the guy quickly. He's gonna get rid of him quickly. Now Tibbs was also at um. He, if you guys are watching the episode that that Macri was on, I was talking about the sports analytics conference that Thibodeau was at. And they asked him about um, load management. You know, this is a sports analytics conference. And this is why I tell you he was on a a PR tour to reclaim his reputation. This was back in March. This is a sports analytics conference. Tibbs is not known to be an analytical guy or one who's receptive to analytics. So there's a reason why he's up on this podium. You have Zach Lowe on this podium as well and other uh, NBA executives. So there's a reason why he's front and center in this conference. And so here was his response um, to the load management question. Uh, but to answer your question, I think, you know, because you're collecting so much more data and and I think you have to use it. Usually the, your coaches, uh, they're going to meet with the sports performance people. Either the, they'll, they'll get a report the night before or before practice or early, early the next morning. So you can plan that. But there's different ways to pace your team. Like people think they look at a box score and just look at minutes. They, they're not looking at, well, we can rest them the next day in practice. So how do you rest them? Well, maybe they don't do quite as much. You might have, uh, have a sub for them the entire practice or certainly part of the practice. Uh, so you can manage it that way. Maybe you're doing more uh, player development and not practice and they won't practice. Uh, you may not do a, a traditional shoot-around. You may do a walkthrough before the game. So you can manage the load that way also. So depending upon your team and the depth of your team, you're going to look at all those factors. There is, though, there is this. You talked to- 
Yeah, so basically said, you know, there's there's very there's various ways to manage the minutes of your guys. Uh, and not just by looking at the box score, but looking at how they manage, you know, the next day and shoot arounds and how they limit their involvement in practice, so on and so forth. So, again, he's on that PR tour, Cedric. I definitely agree with you. This is this is this is just uh, you know what what Tibbs is saying here. Um, they said sound works, but on the left side, okay, that was my fault. Totally my fault. Hopefully it. it uh, hopefully you got the point. All right, my my fault on the sound, but basically, listen. He was just saying that uh, you know he he's flexible in terms of his approach. He's receptive to to the analytic side of things, and so hey, we'll see. We'll see. What do you guys think, man? If if Tibbs is the guy, would you guys be open to it? Now, Delano in the chat says, if if Tibbs is open to changing his ways, why not Mark Jackson? I don't think Mark Jackson not coming here is an excess and old thing. I think it's political. So, I, I think it's I think it's political with Mark Jackson. I don't necessarily think it's an excess and old things like some people may think. I think it's I think it's purely a political and who he is as a person. You know, his beliefs and everything, whatever uh, you want to think about it. I, I think it's political with Mark Jackson, league-wide. I don't think it's an X's and O's thing. So, we shall see, man. We shall see. Um, so, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's go to uh, the phones. Let's go to Jason from Brooklyn. Jason, how you feeling, man? Hang on a second. Hello? How you doing? How you doing, bro? Go ahead, bro. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was just, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to uh, hire Tiz. Um, I, I, it's not like I have a dislike for Tiz. I just don't think that um, the way the way his his coaching and what he's trying to get for, it's, uh, it's suitable with the way the NBA is going now. Because, like, you know, nobody's really playing defense. This is about more so uh, statistics and uh, who's going to get up the most threes and what type of pace you're going to play with. Um, effort is always going to need to be, be there, but you, you don't need to coach effort. It's, you can get effort out. It's more so of a, uh, it's a numbers game now. It's not like the nineties where it's like all about hard work. This is this is about who could shoot, like <laughs> and I don't know if if he really understands if he really understands that. Yeah. That part. The offensive side. That's what I'm scared about. I hear that. And and certainly fair. Certainly fair. Um, but I think again, depending on who he has on his bench, he has to be able to adjust to that. Um I yes yes it is about you know getting the offense up and getting those threes up I understand that but you got to understand a lot of these teams that win a championship you still got to play championship defense now you know so don't don't sleep you know Golden State's defense was solid you know uh, Cleveland's defense when they won it was solid the Raptors' defense was solid uh, you know you got to still play championship defense so part of that is having the guys that are are gonna you know go to extra miles to get a stop. He's having that personnel. Clearly, when he was with Minnesota, some of that, you know, magic with the Bulls wasn't transferable. You know, he 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 didn't he couldn't work his magic with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns was just a lousy defender. And I think you see in that 
before Tibbs got there and now after Tibbs left. The defense is still the same with Towns. The same thing with Wiggins. So I think part of it is going to be your personnel. And 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 clearly Tibbs is, is, is going to bring his schemes. But you need the personnel that's going to be able to execute. No doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. So let's see. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Hope you guys had a good Mother's Day. You know, hope you celebrated with your moms or your mother figures or your wives or your sisters, whoever. And uh, yeah, man, cer- certainly, you know, in these times, it's it's very important to uh, to embrace embrace your family and your loved ones, man. It's a very, very difficult time right now. So you got to see we lost three musical icons in, in the span of like two days, man. So, you know, Andre Harrell, Little Richard, Betty Wright. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's 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 been tough. Def- definitely been tough, man. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to, I think this is Ari. Ari, what's good, man? Good, hi. What's good, bro? Hey, what's up, man? You hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Good. Yeah, so um, uh, I think I think the Tibbs hire, I think you only, in my opinion, I think you only hire Tibbs if you trade for Chris Paul. And the reason why I say that is because He's, he is going to hold the players more accountable. And, you know, the reason why it didn't work in, in Minnesota is because Carl Anthony Towns was the best player there. And, you know, he's soft. Let's just call a spade a spade. He's soft. He doesn't hold players accountable. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't put in the maximum effort needed. That's why Jimmy Butler wasn't, wasn't, wasn't like vibe with him. And, um, you know, your best player needs to be one of those guys that holds the younger guys accountable. And I think that without Chris Paul, like, Tom Thibodeau laying the law down with the younger generation, it's not as much about Lloyd ma- uh, load management as it is about, like, um, just, like, holding people accountable, being hard on people, being an old-school coach. You know, and if you have a player who's going to do the same, I could see that combo working out well together. But if you're not going to get Chris Paul and Julius Randle is going to be the best player, it's like you're just – I just think it's going to end in a disaster. So I think it's very personnel related. And, um, you know, as you know, I'm very pro the CP3 deal, um, especially if they don't get LaMelo Ball. I think the Knicks should trade for Chris Paul. And with Chris Paul, I think Thibodeau would be good, and they'll build a good culture where at least you got to go into work and you can't joke around, and you're going to be held accountable for your mistakes. And you know, like, you know, we had a babysitter as a coach. We had a friend as a coach. Fizz was a friend. He was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. What did what did do? He wasn't hard enough on them, and that was his biggest regret. So we need someone that's going to lay the law down and, and discipline these guys. But it only works as if the best player on the team is is down with it, and um, you know I think a Thibodeau CP3 marriage wouldn't be the the worst thing, and um, you know for free agency they'll know that they have an accomplished coach, an accomplished um, player who's the head of the um, uh, players association, mm-hmm. and I think um, that's how you build the culture. So I think you only hire Tibbs is if you get. Chris Paul or something like that. That's my opinion. Makes sense. Makes sense. Appreciate the call, Ari. Hope you're staying safe, bro. No problem. 
Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. You know, bringing in a, a veteran like a Chris Paul that could carry out that coach's message, hold these guys accountable, along with a Taj Gibson out there, you know, some of the old guard. I know some some of you guys are, are reluctant to, to do the CP3 deal. At the right price, I think I would. You know, at the right price, I think I would because I do agree with Ari uh, that uh, I, I think for the culture, I think CP3 would be a good move. If it doesn't cost you uh, too much, especially as, uh, you know, draft capital, I'm not trying to give up draft capital, but I-, I think CP3 will be a worthwhile gamble because you're not, again, you're not looking for him to be the savior of your franchise. The money is a lot, but what are you really getting, you know, with that money? And if you're trading away salary, like Ari had mentioned on the last call, then is it that crazy? You know, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's a lot of money. I understand it, but. I just think you need somebody to kind of push this thing forward a little bit. And if your roster is just a ton of young guys with, again, a ton, a more uh, one-year deals, which is what they're speculating could happen again in this free agency with the salary cap implications being unknown, I think it, again, creates instability with your roster. So, again, interesting take. When Tibbs first started with Minnesota, just looking through some things, you know, you still got to put things into context, but hey, the offensive rating, they were 10th out of 30 in the league in offensive rating. Defensively, they were in the dumps. They were in the bottom three. The next season, offensive rating, they were fourth. This is a season that they made it to the playoffs. They were fourth in the league in offensive rating. Pace, they were dead. They were low in pace. Eighth in points per game. So, I mean, for, you know, the last guy that called and said, you know, they got to be able to let it fly and then put some points up. I mean, they were eighth. They were eighth in points per game. The next season, this is the season he got fired, but um, they finished the season 13th points per game, 11th in offensive rating, 24th in defensive rating. So, you know, um, defensively, which is his calling card, certainly wasn't there. But offensively, you know, obviously you got to look at some more numbers, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, they had some players here, man. They had Towns that was going to put up um, numbers. You had Jimmy Butler there once upon a time before he burnt the whole house down and left. You know, they they had some guys there. And again, they were able to make the playoffs um, the 2017 um, year, a couple years ago. So. Again, can he change his ways? The one thing that I don't think is necessarily an issue. You see, the minutes thing is interesting because as you get into these front offices now in all sports where it's a collaborative effort from the front office to the coach on down and they're bringing in more analytics and the sports science and the metrics and they're crunching the numbers, I would think it should be more of a uh, team approach in terms of managing players' minutes. Yes, the coach is still going to be out there, you know, managing his rotations and things of that nature, but... I think there's enough help on the team that you don't necessarily have to burn a guy out or that you should have enough data and be speaking to these players to understand what works for them or how far you can push them to try to get to the next level. So I think that's definitely fixable. You know, I think that's definitely fixable. And if if Tibbs is, is a man of his word and what he's saying in all of these press tours or all these, you know, conferences that he's going to, is that he's embracing the analytics a lot more and that there's other ways that he can be flexible with the load management. So again, let, let, let's see what happens.
Let's see what happens. But that's the name that we're hearing right now. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got two guests lining up. One for this week, one for next week. Coming to the show. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I can't wait to unveil that for you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I know you guys love the X-Man interview. The X-Man interview was a hit. X-Man came through and tore the house down. And, uh, that, that was absolutely a great show, man. So salute to everybody that's been, um, supporting us. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're building, we're building, we're building something, man. Building something good. And no JL tonight. He's, he's at home. He's putting in that work. We got some projects that we're working on. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to unveil that to you guys fairly shortly. Um, so JL is working. Uh, let me see some, some comments in the chat. Uh, Geraldine says you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Tibbs won't work. I don't know, Geraldine, you know, I listen, listen, coaches change coaches, you know, they, it, first of all, let, let's start with this. It is a player's league. Okay. Until you can get those one or two guys that can really turn your franchise around. Yes. The, yes, you want your coach to impact the win loss column, but you need the, you need the horses. You need the horses. So you can't expect Tips to come here with the roster looking like this and have him turn, you know, these guys into Detroit Pistons. You know, we, we still need the horses. So let's start there. Saying that he can't teach the old dog new tricks, I don't know. You know, the best coaches find a way to adapt. So let's see. He's only had two opportunities. One was very good. I mean, a 647 win percentage is damn good, you know, and, and that's dealing with, don't forget in the Bulls, that's dealing with Derrick Rose's injuries and that's dealing with having to compete with a LeBron James every year. So, you know, the Bulls are there and the Bulls are definitely in the mix. So, you know, again, the soda thing didn't work out. I don't, you know, I don't think that's definitely indicative of, of what's going to happen here. Anthony from Queens, what's going on? Yo, what's going on, man? How, How you, you feel? Doing? Good. What's good, bro? Pretty good, man. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Tibbs. Um, <clears throat> I, I think, I think, I don't know where he got this bad rap from, but Tibbs is a great coach, man. I mean, his track record is not something to be frowned upon. I don't know why yeah. people are, 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 are talking about him in this way, but he got the Timberwolves to the playoffs. The Timberwolves are a terrible franchise. He brought them to the playoffs. He recruited Jimmy Butler. He, he recruited Taj, and they got it done over there. What he did with Chicago, even when D-Rose went out, I mean, they were a really they good were team. They were tough. Like, obviously, just like you said, it takes players. The players leave. If we got the right personnel, Tiz, I feel like he's a guy who could get it done. Like I have confidence that he would be able to get it done with the right personnel. Need it. We need the horses, man. We need the horses. You get me the horses in here. I don't mind this deal. You know, I don't. I don't mind this deal at all, man. Toughen the young guys up. Hold them accountable. Put some pressure on them. You know, turn them up a little bit. If they respond to it, you got to hope they respond to it. That's the thing. So, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Shout out Daniel Kelly in the chat. What up, Daniel? Daniel saying uh, we need the Porsches. He wants Mac McClung. Did Mac McClung's um? Did he declare for the draft? 
I'm not so sure. I didn't I didn't hear that yet about him. I, I wasn't sure if that was finalized or not. But um, yeah, he wants Mac McClung. Jason says he had Nate Robinson, DJ Augustine running the point. Yeah, that Bulls team was was a squad. That was a tough out. You know, they were a tough out, and and they battled the Nets. I remember that. So they did their best without uh, without D Rose. You know, they certainly were able to build that culture without D Rose there. So again, you got to give Thibodeau that credit. Um, let's hear from Melvin in Washington. Melvin, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Good, man. How you feeling, bro? I'm good. Good. I wanted to thank you about the X interview, man. X man interview was amazing. Appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I still watch it like here and there, you know, um, throughout the days, man. X man, he was great, man. He was absolutely phenomenal. It was, yeah, real insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Tom Thibodeau and CP3. Sure. Um. I think CP3 would be the worst thing that it could possibly do. Mm. It's too much money. It'll take too much cap. And I don't think CP3 is really what we need to go in the right direction. I see the whole leadership aspect and trying to teach the young players. But if we pick up Tom Thibodeau and trade, and I'm sorry, draft the type of players that defensive-minded and type of players that he likes to be on the team, I don't see why he couldn't create a strong nucleus, a good foundation defensively with all those drastics that we have coming up in the next coming years, and then just pick up some pieces here and there in free agency with the cap space. Okay. I, uh, listen, I, 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 guru and I don't I think, to me, to me, I'm not saying the CP3 thing is like at all costs. Don't get me wrong. It's not a by any means necessary approach right. for me. I'm just saying if you're able to get him – Especially now with this cap situation in flux. You they have Danilo who's a free agent. They have CP3 who's making a ton of money. So they have some decisions that they're gonna have to right. make. I think if he can shake loose, he can kinda help spur this thing a little bit. You know, not saying quick win. We're not looking for a quick fix. But I'm just I think he can kind of spur this thing into the right direction. Um but go ahead and, and finish your point no, with, with tips. I agree. I mean, CP would make the team better. Even with a couple pieces here and there, they would make the team better. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I think, man. But I, I definitely uh, agree with you. Things. Say that one more time. I just think in the big scope of things, if um, if we if we can get him and just come off some players without having to give up draft picks, I just feel like the draft picks are so crucial right now because how the NBA is built is not like before with free agency and everything like that. Like, you literally have to build that foundation with the young players. And without those young players, I really – I don't want I don't want free agents. I don't want two, three-year players. I want I want a team built like Golden State was, you know, how the Detroit Pistons was, you know, when they were in their hey, you yeah. know, like like picking up the right players and just, you know, like the Chicago Bulls did it when they had Tom Thibodeau, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but again, you know, part of that was they, they got the right guys. You know, they got Steph Curry. They, yeah. You know, he had Derrick Rose, um, who was number one pick, you know, or the number two pick in that year. Um, they had the horses. You know, he had the horses. Golden State, they were able to get two of the best shooters to ever play this game in Stephen Clay. Mark Jackson developed them. Then they put the right vets around them. You know, they brought in Iguodala. They brought in the most spates. They, you know, they, they, they had, they built the culture and groomed those guys up. 
they built the culture and groomed those guys up. So, um, again, let, let, let's see where this thing goes. Let's see where this thing goes. Back to the phones. Delano's in the building. Delano, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. How's, how you doing, man? Good, man. Hanging in there, live and well, so I can't complain about much. Hey, man, appreciate that, man. Hey, salute to everybody in the chat, man. Salute to you always for bringing up the content. Um, let me bring everybody back to the life back to reality like it's only so hit with Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you let's, let's look at everybody he had on the roster. You had Derrick Rose, um, defensive guard who was mm-hmm. athletic. Mm-hmm. You had Todd Gibson who is known for his defense more than anything else. You had okay. Joe Kim Noah, who was the defensive player of the year. Okay. You got Jimmy Butler, who was a defensive guy in Butler. I mean, um, not Jimmy Butler went to Butler, but Jimmy Butler went to Marquette. Yep. He came in second, second round pick. And turned into a star. His, right. individual, his individual performance, I feel, is based off of his hard work more than it is to Tom Thibodeau's system. I feel like the moment that they seen Tyrus Thomas, who was one of those guys that was, I'm talented, but I'm not really motivated, they shipped him off because yeah. he didn't fit Tom Thibodeau's system. Now, I feel like that's really why Chicago worked for him. You had, a guy, you had mm. guys with singular focus and the mentality that Tibbs brought in, which was defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now switch that. You go to Minnesota. Minnesota's nothing but I got skilled players who don't believe in hard work. How did he look in Minnesota? Well, well, hey, they made the playoffs the second year. I mean, we got to give them credit there. They made the playoffs in the West. If I'm gonna be fair, we got to be fair, Delano. Right? He he was only there two and a half years. No, no, absolutely. He was absolutely. only there two and a half years, but they did make the playoffs in that second year. And this is this is the Timberwolves in the West. But if you look at it too, and I'm always gonna play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Everything was predicated on Jimmy Butler. The moment Jimmy Butler went out with the injury, they was all they was already in the playoffs before he got hurt. The moment he went out. They were struggling for playoff, um, yeah. playoff contention. Mm-hmm. They were fading. He comes back, finishes the season. They barely get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They 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 were faltering. They were faltering, I and put, that that's on Jimmy. I, I agree with that. And then even in practice, the infamous practice that they had, everything was I'm gonna run with the second. I'm gonna run with the second unit. I'm gonna criticize the star players of the team because they don't believe in hard work. And their record showed that. Yeah. The only reason I feel like I'm big on Kenny Atkinson is because he's already proven that he can take a team that was already lottery a lottery team that really didn't even have no lottery picks. They had to basically buy and trade picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to get back in and become a playoff team. I'd rather somebody who I can feel that can lead, that can teach, that can develop his talents, and already shown, shown a proven track record with that. Okay. I don't see that with Tibbs. Tibbs is great if you have a veteran squad or a bunch of guys that believe in hard work, hard hat guys. All right. All right. Pre- appreciate the call, man. 
I mean, look. What's the facts on Butler? Butler was a second-round pick, right? Was Jimmy Butler was a second-round pick? I'm almost positive. Um, listen, whether you want to call it his work ethic or Tibbs, I think it's, it could be a little bit of both. You know, it's hard to directly say what... He was a first-round pick, 30th pick overall, so he's damn near... He was at the end of the first round. Um, is it a, a direct impact of the coach? Is it the system? Is it the organization? Is it the structure? I think the bottom line is he excelled into a super into a borderline superstar, all-star level for a number 30, you know, 30th pick in the draft. I mean, you got to give the coach some credit there. That you know, that team is 647 win percentage with that team, and a lot of that was without the Rose. That's good coaching, man. That that's good coaching. So uh, you know, I agree. Again, all of the knocks on Tibbs, I I can see it, but I think also think you got you got to give this guy some credit, man. He's coach of the year, man. This is the NBA coach of the year. So, you know, uh, again, I don't know how much you want to put it on the players or how much you want to put it on Tibbs, but th- this team played well under his under his leadership. You know, this team played well under his leadership. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Kenny Atkinson whatsoever. You know, I, I wouldn't mind Kenny Atkinson whatsoever. Uh we do know his track record with the point guards. We do know what he did um here with our point guards, whether it's Felton, whether it was Lynn, you know, you go down the line, you you look at uh how he helped the Nets improve um uh get into the playoffs last year with Marks kinda trying to, you know, mold that roster given the limitations that they have. CP the artist says uh, the East is weak. Well, I mean, you could argue that, but they were at the top. You, you still got to respect the guys at the top of the league, no matter how weak the, the East is, right? You still, you still got to respect that. Still got to respect that. So, again, um, interesting debate. So, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. No love, Greg says, no love for Miller. No, Miller, listen, Miller's there. This, this, this episode is not me selling you on Tom Thibodeau, right? Let, like, let's, let's, let's take a step back here. I'm just letting you know that from my observations, it seems like he's doing his best to clear his name and to shoot down all of the, uh, the knocks, all the issues that were plaguing him um, as he tries to get back into the NBA. Clearly, he's looking to get a job here. So uh, th- this is not a vote of confidence. For Tibbs, this is just saying he's trying to clear his name. But listen, Miller, I would give Miller a chance because, like I said, I think we're still in the rebuilding phase, right? We're obviously in the rebuilding phase. So Miller, Atkinson, those guys that can grow with the team and have the patience to grow with the team, I would give those guys a chance. Tibbs, I would give him a chance as well. I think, you know, he deserves a chance um, to show that he, he can be the coach that he once was, be that coach of the year with the influx of talent, not just with this roster. Nobody's going to turn this roster around and be a miracle worker. You know, we have to get that, you know, understood. Nobody was going to turn this roster around like that. Got to get the players in here for sure. Got to get the players in here. So, um, and we'll see, you know, you never know. They, they may bring in a Tibbs and, and bring in a, a Mike Miller um, as, as his assistant or put Mike Miller back into the G League. Let's see. My guy Jay Boogie's in here. Jay Boogie, what's going on, man? 
What's going on with the team? How y'all doing tonight? What's Hope good, Jay? Everybody healthy and safe. God bless you all. Yes, sir. You too, man. How you feel, bro? Hey, listen, man. I'm going to drop a bombshell on y'all tonight. Tonight, I'm going to give y'all my choice and my pick who I would love to come inside and be the coach of the New York Knicks. Okay. First thing first, I'm from Queens, but I live in North Carolina. <laughs> I played for the number one high school basketball coach in history, Ron DeClario. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Cardoza. Mm-hmm. I don't play for Riverside Church. I don't play for the Gachos. I don't play against Rod Strickland and all of that. Okay. I live in North Carolina. My choice for our New York Knicks team, the coach us, is Jerry Stackhouse. I'm going to tell you why I say this. Mm-hmm. Check his history. He should have been the coach of the Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he the one to school Siakam, and the little light-skinned dude that was in the G League team when they won the championship. Yeah. Oh, Van Fleet. Yard coming off Van the Fleet. For Toronto. Yeah. He schooled him, okay? When they jerked him for getting the coaches, coaching job in Toronto, he bounced. Where did he go? He went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. He don't turn that whole program around. But I'm going to tell you what I know because I got sources. I'm close to people that's close to people, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The talk here is LaMelo Ball would love to come and play for the Knicks, especially if Jerry Stackhouse is there. Hmm. Second thing is, Stackhouse is from Kingston. Jerry comes to MSG, he bringing that boy Brandon Ingram. That's facts. That man can build (laughs) anybody. He's showing that he can build any team and develop players. But nobody's talking about him and giving him an opportunity you know what I'm saying? To do what he do. And he's a type of coach that these young guys want to play for. Hmm. I don't know who want to come play for Tom. I don't care what he did in Chicago, but a lot of guys in the league don't tarnish his name. The same way that the owners talk about coaches and the coaches talk about players, the players talk about the coaches and the players talk about the owners. So I'm just letting you know yeah. that right there. My vote is for Jerry Stackhouse because okay. I know he care about the, he care about the game and he gonna develop players all the way around. Fair point. Peace and love. I love y'all. Keep doing what you're doing, appreciate, man. I'm appreciate you. For y'all. Appreciate it, Jake. Appreciate it. Appreciate you for supporting. It's my guy Jay Boogie. Went to Cardozo. I see somebody else repping Cardozo in the building. What's going on? So he put Stackhouse name in the ring. You know, Stackhouse was a guy that we had heard. Um, had interviewed, well, we don't know for sure if he had interviewed um, during that run where they went with Fizz, but they did say that he was a person of interest. I don't know if if he definitely got the interview, but um, that, yeah, listen, that's not a bad name, and that's that's an out-of-the-box name for sure, um, but Stackhouse's developmental uh, resume is building, as Jay alluded to. You know, he he um he was down with the Raptors G League team. I think it's called like Raptors uh, nine oh five or something like that. And again, when you look at the Raptors system, uh, you know, you look at the Raptors system, all the guys that came up through there, whether it's Van Fleet, Siak, um, uh, you know, Norman Powell, you know, all these guys um that that were in that Raptor Raptors system. A lot of those guys came up through those that system. You know, Stackhouse was down there coaching these guys, so. I you know that's not that's not a bad um that that's not a bad idea, certainly not a bad idea. And and again, he has gone on um, to uh, Vanderbilt to coach there. So 
let's uh let's see hey you never know never know i don't know if he has any relationship with leon rose but um hey stackhouse that's that's not a bad uh that's not a bad name it's not a bad name jay and hey listen if the knicks get the pick and lamello's there lamello won't have a choice on his coach unless his pops gets involved and then then it gets ugly you know how you manage lavar ball and msg boy oh man yeah, that's gonna be crazy, but for Lamelo, let let's make it happen. You know, well, let's definitely make it happen. Um, speaking of the draft, let's go to Florida. My guy Jay's in the building. Jay, how you feeling? Bro, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous, bro. Jay, we haven't even had the lottery yet, man. Come on, man. Don't worry yet. Bro, you gotta call Berman and ask him why he put Halliburton at number six for us, bro. Because Berman be knowing, bro. We need him on the show tomorrow to, to confirm why he mocked us Halliburton, bro. Listen, man. Call him for real, bro. We need, we need answers. Bro. <laughs> it's not yeah, just Burby, man. Crazy, All the bro. mock drafts got Halliburton to us at six, around that level. You know, I've seen, we've seen it all for Halliburton. Trash, bro. I would, I'm not going to go Kevin that Lewis far, is man. way better than that, dude. Whoa. I mean, you know, from a from a uh, dynamic standpoint, for sure. I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not gonna go say by that far. Say Halliburton is trash. He may not be a star. He may not have the ceiling that a Lewis may have. But I think Halliburton can come in here and help you right away, for sure. I, th- I think he can come in here and help you right I got, away. I got two points, bro. Yeah, go ahead. If I get out of here. Mm-hmm. The Knicks need to trade every pick outside of 21 first. Let the Mavs picks go because the Mavs are going to be nasty next year. The Mavs are top three in the West next year with KP. Yeah. A year away from the from the surgery. And Luca, a year older, top three. Let the Mavs picks go right now for LaMelo. Throw it all in the hoop, bro. Let them all go for LaMelo. Just like when, when the Mavs got Luca. You know what I'm saying? People just you gotta bet on yourself sometimes. Yeah, it's gonna call you, you bet on yourself. You 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 try to take a, a a low risk offer, man. You gotta pay to play, Jay. No team is taking your your twenty hey, something first round picks. They let you get Lamelo, man. You gotta pony up with your own pick, yeah, unprotected so the, six, the next year. No, it's not gonna cut. Twenty one to twenty three, good. Jay, is, 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 any team right now, their GM rejects. <laughs> I don't. I don't even need to know who it is. Right. They reject, bro. <laughs> you gotta pay. You gotta have to pay, and that means you're, right, you're, you're following right, you're right, your right, ass right. pick. Let me dream, bro. Let me dream. <laughs> I'm seeing all this Halliburton, bro. Let me dream. <laughs> you die, hey, man. All right. All right. Yeah, good. I like the Jerry Stackhouse that my man just came up with, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Leon Rose is gonna hire a good old boy, 15 years of experience, right? Aller, 15 years of experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lee, uh, what's his name? Scott Perry, 20 years. He going to hire either Calipari or Tipper, bro. That's it. Yeah. He's not going to hire a rookie. He's going to hire a cat that got a lot of experience in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I can certainly see it with, with Rose being young himself. Um, you know, maybe easier to go with, with a guy that has more experience. Plus, he has a relationship with Thibodeau, as they say. So I I don't think that's um you know not not too far out the realm. I don't see Calipari, but certainly Tibbs. Tibbs Tibbs is the guy, man. Jay, hang in there, man. We, you know we we not we haven't even reached the lottery yet, man. We still got plenty of time before the draft. Bro, call Berman and, t- and ask him why he's, he's mocking Halliburton. <laughs> I, 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 I will. Him on the show tomorrow. Call Berman. 
I got get you. Get more ASAP. Be safe, my dude. Be safe. That was Jay from Florida, man. We got to talk Jay off the ledge, man. Jay is tight right now, man. Tight. Absolutely tight, man. Now, nah, but salute to Jay for all the support, man. Definitely appreciate it. So to everybody in the chat, man. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. We're going to rock for another 10 minutes, and I'm going to announce who the two guests are going to be coming up. And also, uh, if you're new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new, man. We got about 500 people watching here on YouTube. Everybody on Facebook, salute to you guys. We definitely do not forget you. Uh, so we definitely appreciate all the support. And again, welcome all hashtag new. Throw your cities in the chat as well. Let me know where you guys are tuning in from um, so I can shout you guys out. All right, latest mock draft projections from Tankathon. Again, with six, uh, give the Knicks Killian Hayes. Give the Knicks Killian Hayes. Um, uh, Halliburton to the Bulls, seven. Okongwu, eight to the Hornets. So you got some guys here. Cole Anthony. How how high are they on Cole, Cole Anthony? He's being mocked to 10 uh, with the Suns. I don't really see that, but I don't know. They, they claim 10 to the Suns. Uh, Devin Vassell's name is one that you guys are hearing. Sadiq Bay, 14, they believe. Um, Macri felt like Kira Lewis's stock is going to rise right now. Tankathon has him mocked to the Sixers at 22. That would be, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Knicks are going to have to trade up if they want to get him. They, they either going to have to take him with, you know, six or they're going to have to trade up to get Kira Lewis. So, you know, Jay was trying to fleece the top team with, with the Mavs picks to get LaMelo. That's a Kira Lewis type of trade. You know, you try to send one of those mad picks or maybe both. I don't know. Maybe, maybe probably just one uh, plus your current, you know, 27 for Kira Lewis. Now, 27 Tankathon as is taking Jalen Smith. I would like that. Three-point shooter, shot blocker. Even though we got Kenny, I still think we should still be. You still got to go with your best best talent. Go with the talent. Don't worry about what's here right now. You keep trying to upgrade the talent on this roster. I think a Jalen Smith who can get his own shot off and block a ton of shots. I think he would be perfect. I think he would be a perfect fit off the bench, especially if you potentially going to cut bait with Portis. You got to figure out where your shooting where your shooting is going to come from. Uh, so Jalen Smith will be a nice nice look with uh, with twenty seven. But again, let's see. You know, very very early. Uh, we we don't know the lottery um, odds or the lottery order just yet. So let's see what happens. Shout out to Ice. He's new from the Bronx. He's now in North Carolina. A lot of you guys in North Carolina, man, in South Carolina. Speaking of North Carolina, I spoke to uh, Ron Cleveland. Ron Cleveland called me uh, earlier this week. He's all good. A lot of you guys want to check in on him. I spoke to Sergio as well. Sergio's doing okay. So I'm um, definitely glad to hear it. You know, like I said, during these times, you got to make sure you check on people. And, and those guys have certainly been friends of the program. Wes Hempstead in the building, JD. What's going on? Long Island in here. What's going on, JD? Let's see who else? Any, Amityville, more Long Island in here. What's good? Cedric, what's going on? He's in Jersey now. Oh, boo. Cedric, come on, man. Come on, Cedric, man. I, I, you, you might even be a closet New Jersey Nets fan, man. You know? I don't know, man. Tim Lynch, what's going on? New from the Bronx. Salute to the Bronx. Bronx is always heavy in here. Brooklyn, uh, the Carolinas as well. Uh, we got Everett Stalling checking in from Fort Lauderdale as well. Rich Jim says hashtag vet. Salute to Rich Jim. We got Julio checking in from DCVA. What's going on? 
Tack. Oh, yeah, we haven't heard from Tack in a little while. So, Tack, if you're out there, let us know. Gamba Asada says new um, from VA. Salute to VA. Uh, Mr. L. Johnson, Lonnie, what's going on, man? It's my guy, Lonnie. Yeah, man, this is my OG Lonnie, man. And we got uh, Kerry Cox from uh, Jamaica, Queens. was good? Super Chat's coming in. Michael Parker uh, says salute to CP. Salute to the chat. Salute to the mods. Everybody be safe. And Cardi151 sends a 15 now Super Chat. Cardi, we appreciate you. Um, and, and definitely appreciate all that support. All right, a couple more calls before we wrap up. Let's take it to Maryland. My guy Zay's in the building. Zay, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. What's going on, CP? Good, bro. I'll be doing all right, man. Good, good. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to follow up, you know what I mean, with the whole CP3 thing. Mm-hmm. Um, me, personally, I'm not trained for CP3 if we draft a, P, a, P, a point guard in the draft. Um, I'm just tired of having, like, these, bringing these older guys in to just pretty much take up the minutes and the time of positions of like shore up and know what we have on our own current roster. I mean, hey, but let's play. Uh, let's play some devil's advocate. Not, what what do you do with SGA with the Thunder or Schroeder? He's not hurting those guys. Those guys are a formidable trio. One of the most clutch lineups in the NBA right now, or as it was when the season was going on, um, in clutch minutes was this small three-guard lineup of CP3, Schroeder, and SGA. You know, just playing devil's advocate. I mean, it seems to be working out fairly well for them in OKC right now. Yeah, yeah, but my thing is, SGA, we knew who, who he was from in, at the Clippers. Like, we, we knew he had potential. Um, uh, Schroeder, we knew what he was from Atlanta. So it's like these are guys that are confident in their game. We got point guards right now sitting on our roster that – we aren't confident in their games. They're not even confident on in their games because they haven't been getting the proper minutes to even be able to go out there and make mistakes. So it's slightly different to me because, yeah, uh, Shay, Shay Gilgis, regardless of what, we knew he was going to OKC to be the leading point guard once he gets there. Mm-hmm. So all CP3 doing was pretty much grooming him for that. And, and that he's already confident. His game was already there. So. Um, me, I mean, if we got like a, a Lamelo or I, for Lamelo, I'd be cool with having CP3 because I feel like there's some stuff in his game that needs to be worked out still. Um, that still may be young, but uh, it just depends on the point guard that we pick up. Yeah, to me, I just think, man, I just think um, these kids are coming out so young and so underdeveloped. You know, these kids, they didn't even get the March Madness this year conference tournament to really, you know, get into some more pressure cooker situations and really showcase themselves. Like, these guys, to me, still need a lot of grooming. So, you know, with a CP3, you know, let's say you take a Kira Lewis. He still he still needs to, you know, get it together from a point guard perspective. Even the guys that we have in our, our roster right now. A lot of these guys probably won't be here, but I still think a CP3... Um, it's a no-brainer in terms of him being able to help. To me, it just depends on the price. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing, though. Yeah, like, big I thing. don't want to give up any of the young guys yeah. for a CP3 because then we just right back into the whole same mellow situation. Like, same. We, we kind of, right now, we're kind of building out the team with these young guys. We have a, <laughs> if we, we draft a point guard this year, we got RJ, 
who can play the two or three. Mm-hmm. We got Kevin Knox. We got Mitchell Robinson. So we got guys at damn near every position that just need to grow into their positions. I yeah. just wouldn't want to trade two, two, two of them to get CP3, and then now we're back resetting to try to build out the roster with the young guys again. Um, I mean, I, I, I hear that and appreciate the call, bro. Again, I just think as a table setter, he 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 can he can help us, and I don't think it's you know once he leaves, you know you're back to resetting your roster. Um, it could be a deal where maybe he comes in for the rest of those two years again and helps helps these young guys push the needle a little a little bit. Like that, listen, you guys like the X Man video. The X Man came on and told you you can't just have a roster full of young guys. You need a complement of vets that can really help this team move it. The guys we got last year weren't it. <laughs> Clearly, you know, where it wasn't it. And that was such certainly a dangerous thing. Um again with this with the salary cap implications, you're looking at a potential of of signing one year deals again. Which is which is dangerous because your your Ross is is just gonna be so topsy turvy all the time. We need stability, man. We need some stability. So, again, let's see, man. Again, let's see. So, to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, I also one of one of uh, some some dope content that we did. Um, a roundtable, my nineteen seventy roundtable, man. If you guys have not been able to check that out, hit the eye icon at the top right hand side of your screen. I sat down with three Knicks fans who were alive and old enough to remember the 1970 championship. One of the fans on the round table sat front row for every game, including game five when Willis Reed went down with thigh injury and game seven, the championship clincher at MSG. He shared a ton of personal stories about Clyde and Willis. Um, his name was Jeff Greenberg and yo, definitely check out that video. Um, it's real cool round table and, and you'll definitely learn a lot about that 1970 team. 50 years since we last won a championship. 50 years, man. But those guys were solid, man. Like I said, hit that eye icon at your top right-hand side of the screen and uh, definitely check it out uh, after this one. Speaking of a guy that was around during that time, um, it's my Instagram page. Follow me on Instagram, TV. Jerry Stiller passed away, man. The father, Ben Stiller, Lifelong Knicks fan, King of Queens, Seinfeld, hilarious, hilarious dude, man. He passed away today at the age of 92. So salute to Jerry Stiller. And uh, yeah, man, real, real funny dude, man. This dude used to crack me up every time. Like, just any line, you know, any line. Um, in a 2011 interview, he, he, he was interviewed by the New Yorker. In a 2011 interview, he said he took a break from the Knicks for a little while because of all he couldn't take all the losing. But he said he came back with Carmelo. He said, I'm back with Carmelo. I love this guy, Fields, Landry Fields, who was a great rebounder. There's a new spirit on the team. And I went to a game the other night for the first time in eight years. And I had more fun than I could imagine. That was, that was Jerry Stiller in a 2011 interview. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Somebody said, somebody in the chat said that uh, he was there when Carmelo, and I think he was, he was there when Carmelo uh, went off on, on that Easter game against the Bulls. So, um, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Jerry Stiller, man. 
Um, what else we got going on? Uh, somebody asked in the chat, will there be a lottery? Yeah, you would have to assume so. You would have to assume so. Um, I don't know when that is going to be. We don't know. They're still trying to hold on to a season. And they're saying that they're willing to wait until June at the, at the latest to kick this thing off. And so my take, my guess is that they're willing to, just like they did in the lockout shortened season, they're willing to start the next season back up in December again. And last time that happened, remember, they would go where each team had to play at least one back to back to back. So that certainly was a, was a weird dynamic, put some strain on the players. Uh, so that could happen. You know, that could happen. And uh, Rafael in the chat says, scrap the season. I agree, man. I, I have no, you know, motivation to, to watch the rest of this stuff. I don't think the players would. You know, look at a Carl Anthony Towns who lost his mom. You think Carl Anthony Towns want to rush out there in a stadium with no fans and, and to play just to play a game? I, I don't think so, man. Not not a good idea to me. But listen, they're going to do what they're going to do to make sure that they secure the revenue. All right, let's go uh, over the border. Let's go up north. Illa from Canada. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me back, bro. How you doing, bro? Good. Uh, yeah, I just want to say a few things, actually. Um, it's about the coaching position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ever since the uh, David Fizdale uh, firing, I was always thinking, you know, who would be the best candidate? And, uh, you know, recently, Thibodeau's names brought up. Uh, others like Mark Jackson, Atkinson. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I was thinking, thinking hardly, doing some research. And, man, like, honestly, I don't think – Anyone else would be better but Jeff Van Gundy. And the reason I say that is because, like, let's be real. The guy knows the ins and outs of the the Knicks organization. He knows what's expected with the fans. He was an assistant with the Knicks in uh, 89 to 96, coach from 96 to 2001, been around the league. Mm -hmm. You know, he coached the Houston Rockets. He's currently a coach with Team USA. Like, I don't know, and – my opinion, I think he's the best man. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm I'm a Jeff guy. You guys know that. I've been preaching this since when we were looking for tapes. I've always wanted Jeff. At the same time, I just wonder if, if again, I know you guys have mentioned, yeah, he did coach the USA team, but how long, how long would he stick around for? You know, it's just, is this Jeff's fight? We're such a long way away from really being competitive even. You know, would Jeff want to stick around for that? Or is he the type that you, the Nets go out and get? I'm telling you, watch out for those Nets, man. Watch out for those Nets. They got rid of Atkinson for a reason. They want to make a splash. They want to win right now. And Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, to me, are the two names that you need to uh, pay attention to. Now, Tibbs, they're saying Tibbs is solely a Knicks candidate. I'm not so sure because money talks and... Maybe there's a bidding war that goes on between the Knicks and the Nets with Tibbs, but with Van Gundy, I just don't know. Like, like I said, I would love to have him. I'm just not sure if, if this is uh, the, the the time. I just don't know if this is the time for him. And you know, he's been so complimentary of Mike Miller. Would he even? I always wonder. Would he even? You know, want to oust Miller in that way? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, you know, that, that side of the business, I don't know where he stands, you know? 
So, um, so salute to you guys in the chat. Some of you guys think he's done with the Knicks. Some of you guys don't think he would fit here. Um, I definitely hear that. Salute to you guys in the chat. Glory Ave TV, what's going on? Uh, Livingston Mills says he's done with the Knicks. Pranav says that would be annoying. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if the Nets want to make that splash, because there's, there, I, I feel like there's a contingent, there, there's a section of this fan base, this Knicks fan base, that's ready to move. You know, they're, they're tired about the losing, they're tired of it. The casuals, the people that don't really watch on the day-to-day like us, those people will go to Brooklyn if they sign Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Please believe it. The Jackson Hive will flee. To Brooklyn, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if, if they land Mark Jackson or even Jeff Van Gundy, I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. Um, yeah, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Let me go one more caller and then and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Let's go to um, Reg from Queens. Reg, how you feeling, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm alright, just Reg from LA Fitness. Oh, Reg, what's good, bro? How you feeling, man? Long time, bro. <laughs> LA Fitness, man. I haven't heard that <laughs> name in ages. I haven't even seen a gym in, in years, man. Yeah, what's good, bro? Oh, man, what you telling? Long, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Uh, basically, I wanted to talk about Big uh, Timo and Mike Miller. Personally, I think Mike Miller is doing a great job. If you look at his numbers since Fizz uh, left, it's been nothing but going up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I personally would like to give uh, Mike Miller uh, another chance, like a, a year or so, to see what's going on. Okay. But if you if you if they felt, if they felt that they needed to change, I think people would step in just as good as Mike Miller. Because if you notice with with Tim, every every team that he coached, they only do good. That that the, um, the Timberwolves they didn't give him as much rope as they should have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They picked they picked a cat over him. Yeah, it was a decision between him or, or, or Cat. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'm sure he wanted to get rid of Cat because Cat wasn't playing defense. Yeah, Tim is a defensive minded guy. Well, you know, is what's very interesting with Tibbs is that, and appreciate the call, Reg. What's very interesting still to me with Tibbs is that, you know, here's a guy, he gets to Minnesota, he has so much power. He's the GM. He was basically damn near the president of basketball operations and the coach. They give him so much power, and he only lasts two and a half years. That's kind of crazy. Didn't even finish the third season. So things were that bad, that chaotic over there. I know the Butler situation happened. People blame Tibbs for not uh, really stepping in and, and really um, being a leader and handling that situation and, and quelling that fire. But that's kind of concerning, man. That's kind of concerning still. So let's see. And then to your Miller point, yeah, you're right. You know, when obviously when they got rid of Fizz, Miller did a much better job in, in getting these guys to execute his game plan. His defensive schemes were way better. He simplified the defense, as we saw. Guys were certainly improving under Miller. And and so, you know, obviously you wanted to see the young guys step up. You want to see Knox step up, but uh you starting to see you started to see some better play from from um Mitch. 
Mitch's play had improved. So, you know, I think that Miller made a case. I think with the season being cut short so abruptly, I think that certainly hurt him. And so, again, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Appreciate that, Reg. Definitely appreciate it. And uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. How many likes we got before we make this announcement on our guests? Let's make sure that, that we got the support up there. You got to support that. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got you, X-Men. We got you, Charles Oakley. We got you, Chris Childs. All the guys on the beat, Berman, Begley, all those guys. The OG, the legend, Chuck D., has been on this show and also you guys go into the videos uh there's a playlist called special guest appearances right on the front of the channel you can see all the people that have been on the show so far alan Hahn from msc networks all right we're working over here but we need you guys to do your part so you saw the super chats come in super chats are much appreciated helps us pay the overhead pay some bills appreciate that michael parker always setting the tone much appreciated but you could did this free ways to support us too Share these videos goes a long way. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Text a Knicks fan. If you know a Knicks fan personally that does not know about this show, text him a link to this show right now. Text him a link to the the, the X-Man interview, the Oakley interview, the 1970 roundtable. Tell him to come to Knicks Fan TV, man. The more we grow, the more uh, the channel grows and, and we get better guests, man. Um, remember, these shows are available in audio podcast format. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, and Google Play. So if you miss it on YouTube, you could always catch it in audio format um, the very next day. Alright, so first guest announcement. If you guys are ready for it, let's get ready for it. Because this Thursday... Rashid Wallace is coming to Knicks Fan TV. Three to the dome. Ball don't lie. Both teams play hard. All that. Rashid Wallace is coming to Knicks Fan TV, folks. And that should be um, this Thursday. So look out for the announcement. Make sure you hit that notification bell uh, so you don't miss it. And then next week... We're bringing in somebody from the 99 squad. Charlie Ward is coming to Knicks Fan TV next week. So we're going to talk to Charlie. We're going to talk to Sheed. And uh, yeah, ne- next two weeks, man, should be good, man. Should be good. So uh, we got a good lineup. We got a good lineup, man. We're looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. You guys have questions for those guys? Leave it in. The chat, Rasheed Wallace, Charlie Ward. Let's go, people. Hey, it's no basketball, but Knicks Fan TV keeps it rolling. It's a grassroots root movement. I told you I was the number one show for the fans, by the fans. You keep supporting us, and we will keep delivering. This is what it is, all right? This is what it is. This is a community that we are building here, man. So can't wait for it. Very excited for it. Once again, if you guys have you know questions that you guys want to know about, you know, from Sheed and Charlie Ward, leave it in the comments section. Leave it in the chat. And uh, yeah, man, definitely appreciate it. Everybody for tuning in for the piece. Appreciate it. Knicks Fan TV, Dave, all the mods. Appreciate it. Simma Singh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, who else we want to salute in here? Any more Super Chats? Wade E, thanks for the Super Chat. Ari, definitely, thanks for the Super Chat. Thanks for tuning in. Marlon Small, I appreciate it. 
And uh, yeah, man, no dice falling on four. Appreciate it, man. So you guys be safe. Definitely be safe out there. Put your health first. Protect your family. Protect yourselves. And we'll see you guys this week. The Sheed Show should be Thursday at 9.30. Just hit that notification bell. Um, I'm going to put out an announcement on social media for beforehand so everybody will know what time it is. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a good time, man. So I'll see you guys later on this week. Be good, people. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.